Okay, we're back, and so are you. Thank you for joining us again at the Good Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm Calum here with Chuck. How's it going, man? It's going well. How about yourself? Good. We got a special episode today. I hope that you all like the comparison between Frederick Anderson and Jack Campbell. Today, we're also comparing a current Leaf to an ex-Leaf. Charlie, who are we looking at today? We're going to be looking at Michael Bunting and Zach Hyman. Yep. Zach Hyman used to be on that top line with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. However, he did not. He was not re-signed by Toronto. He ended up going over to Edmonton, and Michael Bunting was instead brought in to fill that position. We're going to be talking about these two guys, their stats, and maybe who's better for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Kind of like a Bunting versus Hyman sort of discussion. Bingo! Zach Hyman started his career with the Toronto Maple Leafs when he was 23 years old. He got six points in 16 games. After that first year in 2015, he was pretty much a solid rosterable player, playing 82 games or as much as possible as long as he wasn't injured for the remainder of his Leafs career. In 82 games, Zach Hyman averages about 44 points, 172 shots. Not bad at all for a, for a $5 million player. I mean, the only reason why the Leafs didn't sign Zach Hyman for the $5 million eight years is because of a trade clause where the Oilers were down to pay him the 5.5 for seven years without a trade clause, with a, with a no-trade clause. And it seems that the concerns of the Toronto Maple Leafs being Zach Hyman's injury history, a player that plays at his intensity in that type of role at his age seems like the injury bug is right around the corner and with Zach Hyman spending some time out in Edmonton this year getting MRIs on his shoulder now it seems yep. like that prophecy has come true and did the Toronto Maple Leafs dodge a bullet here by picking up Michael Bunting with only 900k I guess we'll compare in a second I just want to keep going through uh, Zach Hyman's so a great metric to measure a player's contribution to the overall team is Corsi. Because you can look at stats, assists, secondary assists, and goals, and it might not give you the full picture of how some players are producing on the ice or helping other players, their teammates, to produce. So Corsi essentially tracks all the amount of chances your team generates or takes against while a player is on the ice. A positive Corsi ratio means that when a player is on the ice, their team is generating more chances than giving up. And a negative Corsi, I'm sure you can gather, it means the opposite. They're allowing, or the team is allowing more chances against than for when the player is on the ice. So throughout his career, Six years in the NHL, Zach Hyman has a 47.4 Corsi 4%. That is in the negative of 5.2%, Charlie. That's interesting. I've always thought Zach Hyman as a player, if not in his points, that being his goals, assists, and shots, and his hits, his peripherals, at least his production would be reflected in Corsi. I've always thought Zach Hyman was one of those players that helped get the puck out of the zone and wouldn't get an assist on paper, but definitely helped participate in the goal. You know, like that third assist that doesn't get credit. But this Corsi stat is indicating otherwise. I mean, it wasn't always negative. We're just looking at an average. In the first few years, 
of the Matthews era, it was in the negatives, 44%. Uh, the worst being a, a negative 8.6% in 2017, 2018. But in recent years, that Corsi percent got over the 50-point mark, 50.9, 51.8. And now in Edmonton, 54.3, which is, uh, for the first time in Zach Hyman's entire career, a positive relative Corsi percentage. It's, it's, it's actually fantastically interesting I, I mean I can't believe that Zach Hyman wasn't helping to produce more chances than giving up when he was on the Toronto Maple Leafs that does seem odd to me I always would have thought that Zach Hyman's play the way that he played especially in the offensive zone in those corners for the Toronto Maple Leafs would have actually increased the amount of chances that they were getting when he when he was on the ice and clearly both of us here were wrong as the stats have uh, shown the opposite of that. Well, another useful metric to test out how much a player's participation is being reflected in his stat line is IPP, ice points percentage base. Essentially, IPP tracks the amount of goals that are scored while a player is on the ice. How many of those goals is a player being involved in? So if an, a player has an IPP of 50... That means every time a goal is scored for his team while he's on the ice, he is involved point-wise, so an assist or a goal in about half of them. So Zach Hyman's IPP, is you can see it range between about 53 to 56 in a normal season. Last year, we saw a significant spike up to 63.46 IPP. We also saw Zach Hyman's production spike up last year, and this year we're seeing a 59.38. So a little bit of a dip, but still higher than his historical average in the Toronto Maple Leafs. I wonder if this has to do with his change in deployment. I just don't know if Zach Hyman is getting the same looks or playing the exact same role on the Edmonton Oilers that he was with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know that his ice time is down by about half a minute I know that he's getting more second-line time with Dreitseidel, and he's not slotting into that power play position in the in the slot like people were expecting. It seems like the Oilers have gone with Yessi Puljujarvi. But saying all this, an IPP of close to 60 is still pretty high for a guy like Zach Hyman. I don't know that any of these stats are overtly positive. A declining IPP with a declining point rate with declining ice time, with declining games per season, on a new team with a bigger contract for an extension. Yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of, as much as I miss him, I'm kind of happy we don't have Zach Hyman. But maybe I'll eat those words because we got to look at Michael Bunting, his replacement, to see if it's been worth it. But it is worth noting, as we go through Michael Bunting's stats... Uh, he's only had two years in the league, but he's also making a million bucks, 900K? 975K. Okay, Zach Hyman's making five times that much. So, yep. <laughs> we got to keep that discount in mind. Yeah. Can you take us through Michael Bunting? Yeah, looking at Michael Bunting, his first real year in the NHL where he played more than one, two, or five games was last season. He played for Arizona in the 2020-2021 season, where in 21 games, he recorded 10 goals, 3 assists for 13 points, 
all of that with an average time on ice of 16 minutes and 42 seconds. His Corsi 4 per 60 minutes was 59.9% with the Arizona Coyotes, and that was a team that was struggling both defensively and offensively last year. So it's really showing you that when Michael Bunting was on the ice, he was helping his team generate those chances and they were doing better with him. His IPP that year was 59.09, meaning that about 6 out of every 10 goals scored when he was on the ice, he had something to do with it. His stats, now that he's re-signed in, the, in Toronto with the Maple Leafs this season, 2021-2022, through 30 games, Michael Bunting has 7 goals, 12 assists, 19 points. But it is useful to note, I think it is important to note that there was about a 5-10 to 10 game stint where he was sent down to the 4th line and his time of ice has dropped significantly because of that. His average time on ice this year is 14 minutes and 45 seconds, but he is now back on the first line, averaging higher minutes, getting more deployment, and he's on that second power play unit. His core C4 with the Toronto Maple Leafs is 57.6%, indicating that he is still a very impactful player, and he's definitely helping this team generate lots of scoring chances. His IPP is very important to note this season, as it's 76.00 meaning that three quor- over three quarters of the goal scored when he is on the ice is directly influenced by Michael Bunting. He also gets a few hits, and he gets a lot of shots. Michael Bunting is also only 25 years old. It's important to note that he's on a two-year deal at 975k before becoming, before becoming a UFA. I just think Michael Bunting is a great player overall. Watching him, he reminds me a little bit of a Hyman Marchand kind of crossover. Just yeah, yeah. Without the uh, without yeah, you know the direct talent that those two guys might have at the moment. But he is young and he's getting better. He influences play and he is an important player for the Leafs. So I'm really liking Michael Bunting this year for Toronto, and the stats are backing it up. It's worth noting Michael Bunting got 10 goals in 21 games last year with the Arizona Coyotes. But the reason why that doesn't warrant him a Jeff Skinner esque. Uh, contract, even though it's a 40-goal pace through an 82-game season, is because he was shooting on a 26% shot accuracy. I mean, he was scoring on over one, <laughs> one out of every four shots he was taking. Obviously, that's unsustainably high. This year, we have seen that dip to a more realistic 11.3%, but that boost in the IPP might be the result of him playing with more highly skilled players, superstars like Matthews, and elite talent like Marner. So I don't even know that I want to say this IPP is unsustainably high at 76. It's probably too high. Maybe by the end of the season, we see that float down to the 65, 70 range. But I think it will, as long as he gets this deployment, it will be above his average with the Arizona Coyotes of around 60. Overall, Charlie, for 900K, this is a fantastic pickup. Yes. He... Plays that grindy role, like you mentioned, but more of an a Machan role than a uh, get beat up in the corner kind of role, like Hyman. Hyman's got a got this like sort of Crosby attitude where he's like bubbling the puck, great puck control, and so he can't really get it off him. Michael Bunting, it's not the opposite. He's kind of the Machan, get under your skin, draw a few penalties. He dives. He's almost like Kadri adjacent, but I'm not so worried about him getting penalties. Mm-hmm. For 900k, I think this is a fantastic replacement for Zach Hyman. I mean, with the way the way the Toronto Maple Leafs are built, it doesn't really seem like they had an option to put Zach Hyman in that spot. 
especially after seeing the injury bug creep up with him this year. It just wouldn't have been the move. So I think a lot of us were disappointed he didn't get re-signed. But looking at all of these numbers, I don't know that Michael Bunting is a better player. In fact, I don't think he is. Zach Kyman's almost certainly the more complete player. But Michael Bunting is probably a better player for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I 100% agree with you. Based on the way that he plays and who he's playing with, being Matthews and Marner, those guys can control play, drive play well enough themselves. You kind of just need a guy exactly like Bunting who's going to draw the penalties, get into the front of the net, be annoying, get the puck. And Michael Bunting is still a skilled player, and I've seen his play develop over the season with the with the Maple Leafs. He makes some great passes. He has some good vision, and his shot is improving a little bit as he develops more chemistry with the team. He's also only 25 years old, turning 26 this year. I just think that's huge for the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are still a young group that are going to be looking to contend for quite a long time. If they can sign Michael Bunting after this contract expires to a nice, affordable deal, that could be the viable replacement for uh, Hyman that they've been looking for for a long time. All right, folks, I think that's all for us today. Thank you for tuning in to the Good Hockey Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to, t- to stay tuned for the Stream Strategy Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We release it on Sundays and Thursdays. The Sundays episode is Forward Looking for the Week, Thursdays for the Weekend. The Stream Strategy is designed to help you maximize value in the upcoming NHL schedule so that you can win your NHL Fantasy Hockey matchups. Check out our more recent episodes where we look at the state of the good fantasy hockey league and you can learn why streaming is so essential to succeeding in your fantasy hockey leagues. And I think that's it. Check out goodhockey.ca, or no, <laughs> check out pucklegends.ca and use code goodhockey for free shipping on all those cool t-shirts to Canada. Anything else, Chuck? I think that's going to be everything, guys. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback, like, comments, all that good stuff. Thanks to all the new folks checking us out on our podcasts, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's available. Really great to see the good hockey community growing. I mean, it's, it's yeah. fantastic. It is. We would love to hear from you. So stay active with us. Okay, that's all. We're rambling. Bye. All right, bye.